0: Present, Margate Murder Mystery, by Peter Ray and Helen Bang. Episode 4.
1: That was fortunate. We did not hit that boy. Tilly, put your mask on. Okay. Now, slowly put the car into the mask and slowly...
2: The car had plunged forward and sent the errant youth spinning across the street. Why did
1: you do that? I don't know. Instinct. Instinct for what? We have to help him. Helmets. Change your voice so that no one can identify you.
2: Rosalinda, the local white witch, whose crystal emporium the youth had so badly failed to rob, was standing over the moaning figure of the boy, chanting.
3: We wear, we wear, we wear oath. Thank you. Thank you. He just tried to rob me. The little prone, scallywag. I'm applying a sacred Welsh healing chant.
1: That's fine. Glad we could help. Yes, all part of the service.
3: The police are on their way. We better
1: leave you to it, then. Yes, our work here is done. Should... Should we have a a little chat about what just happened, dear? Oh, no. I think perhaps we should have a nice cup of tea and then go to bed and then discuss it in the morning. Oh, yes. That's a much better idea.
2: The next morning at the police station, Rosalinda was chanting patiently in the waiting room while Paul Filter was staring at his cup of coffee and wondering why he could never hit the sweet spot with soy milk and avoid that disgusting curdling that it so often does. out.
4: Morning, sir. The witness to the robbery from last night is here to give her statement. And, Governor, I think you'll be very interested in what she has to say.
5: Why? What does she have to
4: say? I have no idea, sir. I haven't talked to her yet.
5: Right. And we're certain we have no ID on the Vic. Missing persons, facial recognition, fingerprints?
4: No, Governor. No ID on the victim. No missing persons report, no facial recognitions, and what was the other thing? Prints. Oh, yeah. Well, um, no, no prints in the system. PC Chard is making a comprehensive list of hotels, B and B's, and despite arguing with me for nine minutes, she eventually respected my superiority and has agreed to check listings for Airbnb rentals too.
5: What was PC Chard's problem with Airbnb rentals,
4: sir? She said that they weren't proper B&Bs and that they were just people's houses and that we might as well just check people's houses. And I said, maybe we should check all people's houses and maybe we will check all people's houses. But for now, I'm higher in rank than you, Susan, and we'll do it my way.
5: Right. Oh, perhaps someone should go and see her now. Sir? Yes, Chard.
1: Sir? I'll make a comprehensive list of all the hotels in the area, including B&Bs, and for reasons which are not entirely clear to me, but which I have chosen to accept, the Air B&Bs. We're about to start ringing around to see if any have guests who checked in and haven't been seen.
5: Thanks, Chard. Moreno, any that can't account for all their guests, or anywhere guests checked out early, I want you to visit. Take a picture of the Vic.
1: Rose.
5: Yes, thank you, Chard. It's the only visual we have right now. On that front, how are we looking on CCTV footage?
4: Not much, Governor. Prelim Toxicology Report indicates victim had been drinking, so we've put in requests with all the bars, pubs, clubs, etc. and the rest. Not all of them have it, though.
5: Alright, send a team to the bars and hangouts along the front. It's unlikely the body would have been moved far, so let's target an initial two-mile radius. (laughs) Mother of fuck! Can you please get someone to take care of that batshit crystal shop lady?
4: Saskia, Governor says, can you interview that batshit crystal shop lady? Who? What? Who asked it? Who asked what? The crystal lady. Oh,
3: the Governor. Oh, in that case, no problem. Thanks. That's okay.
5: Okay, thank you.
3: Ooh, so much going on today. Madam Rosalinda, could you come this way, please?
2: Back at the Airbnb, Tabitha was furiously grating fresh ginger and turmeric. She disliked people who pronounced it turmeric immensely.
1: Is this going to be one of your healthy ones? Now ask what you really want to ask, dear. Is this one of your disgusting drinks that burns your mouth and makes your poo yellow? Do I need to show you the article in Good Health magazine again? The health benefits of turmeric cannot be overstated. Yeah, but this is not true because... It is possible to overstate the health benefits of turmeric. If you say turmeric makes you feel a bit sweaty and turns your poo yellow, that is the true. But if you say that turmeric... Turmeric! Turmeric can bring people back from the dead, then that is not true. And it is overstating the health benefits of turmeric. Tilly? yeah. do we really need the attitude, dear? I am merely making the point that it is possible to overstate the health benefits of turmeric. You said these are scientists, too, Scientists. But you say you don't believe in science. Oh, you say that it is more likely that the spiritual realm has more of an influence. the. Well, it is on the more w- likely that the spiritual realm has more but of an influence. But you know exactly that it makes your poo yellow. Well, yellow poo is better than poo with blood in it. What? Who has poo with blood in it?
2: at the police station, Rosalinda was recounting her tale of the previous night's blessings.
3: They were my beautiful angels. From out of the universe they descended and arrived. They collected up the little invasive ball of negative energy who had flickered like naughty lightning into my emporium and placed him for all to see in a bubble of soft time And that is where I found him, my little gift. Cool. Wow. Beautiful. And what actually happened in the real world? They hit him with their car and he fell over and I sat on him until the police arrived. A message?
1: A message? From who? The universe. What does the message say? It is presenting us. With our purpose. We know our purpose. It is to be running the best boutique Airbnb in the town. And if we exclude from the. of mm, English. tooth problem of accidentally poisoning to the death of our first and only guest, I feel we are doing rather quite a splendid job. I'm simply suggesting that perhaps. we may have been ordained with a higher purpose. A higher purpose than running an Airbnb? A higher purpose than anything! Alongside running an Airbnb. Do you mean to kill bad people? N- not kill. To just prevent. But sometimes kill! Only with the universe's blessing? Like Dexter? Who's Dexter, dear? A box
2: set. So how many were. How
3: many would you say there were? I would say there were two. Because there were two. Both quite tall. One was very thin. Possibly a man.
2: And the other?
3: other. Also a man, I think. Big, deep, booming voice. And tall. Taller than women are supposed to be. And were they waiting? Do you think they were waiting for him or something went wrong? No. They came from beyond. Beyond Margate? Beyond all of us. So it was an accident? Only if you believe in such things.
2: Back at the Airbnb, Tabitha was furiously polishing a plastic tub full of cutlery. Tilly was not.
1: Then are you saying we should do it again? I'm not saying anything. The universe is. Yeah, but with your voice. Out of your mouth. I'm but the vehicle. Okay. So who should we kill next? That's not how it works. (gasps) I have it. Who? Who? Who is the most hated man in Margate?
2: Back at the police station, the battle over the distinction between B&B and AirBnB rages on.
4: Ah, oh, just look, Susan. We're drawing a blank on all the regular hotels. Not one has reported any missing guests. Which, I guess, is a good thing. Yeah, but how do we even go about finding
1: AirBnBs? There should be some kind of database or something. There. Happy? Oh, okay. That's helpful. Some of these are really nice. This is rather a good idea. Why don't more people know about this? Oh, sir? Sir?
5: Yes, Chard? Did
1: you know that there is a database for Airbnbs?
5: Yes, Chard. It's called Airbnb.
1: Sir, I've said before, and I shall say it again, you
4: truly are a knower of things.
5: Yes, thank you, Chard. And now I'd like you to stop saying it. Right, what do we have?
4: Appeared to be 38 hits, Governor. All within a four-mile radius.
5: Well then, let's hit the streets and pay some of them a visit.
4: You know, sometimes, Governor, you sound just like a real policeman from the TV. Coming! Hello?
5: Police, Madam. Hello. Detective Inspector Paul Filter, Sergeant Moreno. Sorry to disturb you, may we come in? We just have a few questions.
1: Yes, of course. I love questions. Come through, come through. Uh, This is our dining area. Uh, Would you mind tea? Ooh, tea would be
4: great. Do you have reoibus?
5: Does she have what?
4: Reoibus. It's all the range. All the...
5: You know what? Let's just get on.
1: I'll have a look in the cupboard where we keep all the teas. And kettle! Important to remember the kettle when you create tea.
5: Really, this won't take long. You'll have heard about the body found down on the beach.
1: Oh yes, so sad. What a tragic accident. Well,
5: actually, we're treating it as a murder investigation.
1: Oh, of course. You know best. We do.
5: If we could focus. The victim appears not to have been local. Therefore, we are asking around all the hotels and B&Bs and Airbnbs... That was my idea. ...in the area to see if any guests have gone missing or checked out early or unexpectedly.
1: Oh, well, that's very easy for me to
5: answer. Oh, good. Yes. So... Would you mind doing so?
1: (laughs) Oh, oh yes. Well, since we haven't yet had any guests, uh, official guests or indeed non-official guests, there hasn't been anyone to go missing from here.
5: Okay. so that's it then. No guests at all? No.
1: You see, we've only just opened uh, and we're getting to terms with the the app and all, so no one yet.
5: Right, In short, no guests.
1: Correct. Uh, Not a single guest called Gary. Or Martin. Or Steve. Or Paul. Any of the names really... No guests? Yet. Right. Fingers crossed, though. Right.
5: Well, thank you very much. We will leave you to your plans.
1: Oh, I'm not making any plans. What makes you think I'm making plans? I'm not planning anything. Indeed.
5: Well, nice to meet you, and good luck with the B&B. Good
4: day, Inspector Filter. Paul. Good day, Paul. You can call me Paul, too. Well, you know... Chaplin, which is my name. I know, it's a strange name, right? But you can still call me it, if you like. Let's... let's go.
2: In one of the more salubrious parts of town, there sat a house set back from the road. Wrought iron gates are flanked on either side by stone representations of lions. Throughout the interior of the house were ornate displays of taxidermy comprising Perspex cabinets containing the remains of endangered species, a snow leopard, a small pack of African wild dogs, a pair of bonobos, as well as multiple heads of animals apparently easier to come by, tigers, leopard, cheetah, as well as proudly mounted on the wall in the long, elegant dining room, a giant bull elephant head. The owner of all this grotesque private house of horrors, the local trophy hunter, Kyle Delacroix, was entertaining a dinner guest, the businessman, Roger Christensen.
0: I gotta say, Kyle, this is the best goddamn pancetta I have ever tasted. It should be. It's giraffe. (laughs) I didn't realize giraffe was an endangered animal.
6: It isn't, but it's only the starter. Endangered is the theme of the main course. Black Rhino burgers, giant panda steaks. And artichokes.
0: Artichokes? are off-menu? They
6: are when they're served out of the arsehole of a giant Galapagos sea turtle. (laughs) So how are you settling into our little seaside paradise?
0: It's a shithole.
6: It is, but it's my shithole. I hope I'm going to approve of the little changes you're planning to make.
0: Well now, why don't you tell me what I can
2: do for you? mean, and I've said it before, while Tabitha and Tilly were sitting in their car, a little way down the street from Kyle Delacroix's mansion.
1: I think you should do it. I'm sensing that I'm a little frightened. Oh, for goodness sake, Tilly. We're doing the right thing. You know we are. Yes, but I think I would feel more comfortable if you did this part, since it is potentially quite dangerous. Fine. Tabitha? What? Don't forget your disguise. Your zebra mask. Oh, silly me! Imagine how silly I would have looked if I'd forgotten my zebra mask!
2: Tabitha got out of the car and sprinted towards the tall, wrought iron gates. Making herself jump slightly upon seeing the lions' heads, she regained her composure and, with the unexpected skill of a ninja, threw herself up the rails and over the wall. Taking inspiration from her disguise, she part-ran and part-galloped up the long lawn before arriving at the front door. From her backpack, she pulled a small Bluetooth speaker and placed it surreptitiously into a plant pot. Allowing herself a small satisfactory giggle in the knowledge of a job well done, she sprinted back down the lawn, vaulted the wall and ran full pelt back to the waiting car.
1: Well done! I knew this was the right decision for you to do that part. You are better at jumping from all the yoga. Yes, dear. Now make it work. Is it working? I can't hear it. Of course you can't hear it. The speaker's over there. Oh, yes. But also, I do not see the little symbol that shows us that the speaker is connected. Does the Bluetooth go? What? Isn't that what it's called? The Bluetooth? Yeah, but I think you say it faster. Does it go? Do you mean, is it on? I don't know all the words! Oh, yeah. Uh, nine. Nine what? It's not on. The Bluetooth?
0: Faster. Tilly!
1: I have some good news, and I have some not so good news. Okay. The Bluetooth is on great haha <laughs> that is funny <laughs> what is funny dear that you think that everything is great when it is not it's funny so what's the problem as i mentioned the bluetooth is on but the speaker not so much you didn't turn the speaker on i didn't who jumped the wall oh yeah i did not turn the speaker on what do we do now
2: tabitha once again thrust her head into her zebra mask moved crab-like down the street until she reached the gates, made herself jump once again upon seeing the stone lion's head, pulled herself up the rails and threw herself over the wall with just a little less ease than the first time around. Then she ran up to the front door, picked up the inactive Bluetooth speaker, turned it on, checked thus, and placed it gingerly back into the plant pot. What she did next can only really be described as pegging it unceremoniously back towards the gates, clambering over said gates whilst uttering at least three motherfuckers, pausing to catch her breath before once again sprinting back towards her car.
1: Just press press the play.
0: Well, I gotta say, Kyle, I never expected to have that in my mouth this evening.
6: And if I had a dollar for every time I heard that. <laughs>
0: yeah? How much?
6: I'd be richer than you. <laughs> I like what you have to say. I'm interested. There are a few particulars I would like to iron out. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? in the great orange fuck? You hear that? Of
0: course I hear it. What is it? Animals? Yes, it's bloody animals, but where is it coming from? Some kind of protesters. But stay here. At home I just shoot
6: them. Yeah, it's a little more complicated than that here. Are they black?
0: It's easier if they're
6: black. Yeah, like I said, it's a little more complicated than that here. Mm-hmm. Man,
2: that's a big life. Help yourself to coffee. And with this, Kyle Delacroix exited the front door of his mansion and looked around, the thrill of the hunt rising within him. His keen ears soon picked up the source of the cacophony of animal calls, a small Bluetooth speaker in one of his flower pots. As he knelt down to investigate this, a projectile flew over his head and splattered against the front door. He looked up. What in the fuck? It was a banana. He looked out towards his front gate from where the offending fruit item had clearly come. He saw two figures, far and faint, but which appeared to resemble kangaroos, each with the head of a zebra. Three more projectiles, bananas, flew through the air and splattered against his windows. He sprang up into action as the kangaroo-zebra things bounced off, quite convincingly.
1: I think we have really captured the kangaroo motions most accurately. I agree, but faster, Tilly, hop, faster.
2: Kyle reached the end of the driveway and found nothing but some empty banana skins. He looked out, more banana skins. It was a trail.
6: Now you're talking.
2: (laughs) The hunt is on. Punching in a six-digit code, the electric gates flew open. Kyle Delacroix followed the trail of banana skins for several streets until he came to an alleyway. Clever girls. This was more a reference to one of his favorite films rather than some instinctual realization about his pursuers. He made his way gingerly along the darkened alleyway when suddenly, from out of the light and smoke, came two screaming figures. Each appeared to have the body of a kangaroo and the head of a zebra. Discombobulated and terrified, the trophy hunter flew out of the alleyway and into another alleyway. He cowered next to a chain-link fence and tried to catch his breath and regain his composure.
6: (laughs) Right. Come on, Carl. Don't be a soft bastard. You've faced more dangerous beasts than whatever the hell this is.
2: The whatever-the-hell-that-was was currently watching him from far above. From their vantage point on a fire escape above him, Tilly and Tabitha removed their masks. Next to them lay a huge crate of bananas.
1: Excellent work, Tills. He's caught in the trap. Now for the kill! I'm ready. I'm ready. Do it!
2: With all her might, Tilly picked up the whole crate of bananas, let out something resembling an Amazonian war cry, and launched the entire crate over her head.
1: No, Tilly! Wait! You're only supposed to empty... Oh, shit.
0: In that episode of Margate Murder Mystery, Helen Bang was Tabitha and Maria Hildebrand was Tilly. Matthew Wade played Inspector Paul Filter. Denise Moreno was Sergeant Moreno and Peter Ray was the narrator. The announcer was Simon Jones. Chris Rogers was Roger Christensen and Kyle Delacroix was played by Tim Bentink. The art design was by Tim Jones. The theme tune and original music were composed by Paul Flush. Margate Murder Mystery was written and directed by Peter Ray and Helen Bang and produced in lockdown by Cannonby Productions.